Coming up in this episode of Finding Common Ground. Um, but we just never did any testing or anything like that. Just, I don't know why. Maybe it was like, you know, it's better not to know. I think back then with health insurance, when they could drop you for different reasons, maybe that was one of the reasons we never tested. And as soon as the blood comes out, you're cold. And the first time I did dialysis, wasn't ready. Didn't have my blanket. Didn't know what the heck I was doing. I was by myself. I'm down here by myself. So I had no family, really. So I'm in there freezing for about four and a half hours. First time. It was horrible. You could change someone's life by one day. There are two sides to every coin. How do we deal with racial issues when they affect relationships? Finding common ground on all those issues that we come against. There's black and there's white. And I think as Christians, we have to learn how to get together because we're not in heaven. I've met more interesting people just by God just bringing them in. Republicans and Democrats. But a lot of times when it comes to race and it comes to culture and it comes to perception, even as Christians, we don't always understand. We look at it through our lenses. There's Bill. I grew up in a suburb of Cleveland called Parma. Uh, Any black the, people in Parma? There was not one. Not one black person, not Bill? Not one. Come not on, Bill, one. you got to have one, a nope. token black person, a token. And there's Odell. I grew up in Charleston, South Carolina, public housing, single mom, divorced single mom with four kids, and I came up through segregation and all that kind of stuff. If a black person drove through the town, the police would stop and escort them out. Bill and Odell are finding common ground. A part of what we have to do is listen to each other, find the common ground, and question, not questioning you like you're on a witness stand, but questioning you for a better understanding. Bill, as you know, our friend Mike Lindell has a passion to help everyone get the best sleep of their life. He didn't stop by simply creating the best pillow. Mike created the best bed sheets ever. They look and feel great, which means an even better night's sleep for me, which is crucial for my busy schedule. Odell, you know, Mike's making a special offer to on these Giza sheets uh, to our listeners. You can get this set of Giza sheets for as low as $29.98. You know, the first night I slept on these sheets, man, I'll never sleep on anything else again. Mike is making a special offer for our listeners. Yes. They can get the sheets, the Giza sheets for as low as $29.98. Yeah, that's right. Our listeners are the only ones that can get that. And the way they do that is they can get it a number of ways. One is you can call 1-800-238-7281. That's 800-238-7281. And use the promo code COMMON. Or you can go to MyPillow.com and use the promo code COMMON. That number again is 1-800-238-7281. And remember, use the promo code COMMON, C-O-M-M-O-N. Thank you so much for your support. Father God, we just come to you thanking you for all your grace and mercy. God, as I look back and we think about it's been a year since my sister received double lungs from a transplant, we just thank you, God. And we pray for her having a, a chance to live again. But we also pray for the donor, God, who gave up their life so she could live. Mm-hmm. Amen. 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 Dear Heavenly Father, just uh, thank you for uh, people that are willing to step up and donate life, uh, parts of their body, mm-hmm. to other people so they might live. Uh, I lift up uh, Dory and EK, who are donors. And the uh, what they gave up, and uh, Ed and Cindy, who are the recipients, and we ask that uh, they all four of them continue on in health for a long, 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 long time. Amen. 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 Bill, you know what April is? No. April is National Donate Life Month, my friend. So we're celebrating that. And to our listening audience, we just want to let's share with you some experiences that we've been through. Bill, you know about my sister who received two lungs. She's been on the list for a long time and she received two lungs about a year ago. But for her to receive two lungs, that meant the individual who got, who died in a car accident was a organ donor. What do you know about organ donors, Bill? Well, you know, on my license plate, I, I'm a organ donor. 
So if something happens to me and I get in an accident, uh, they can harvest whatever they can use. I'm not sure how much is going to be usable, but uh, they, can I have they, your hair? Can I can I have your hair, Bill? Can I have that, <laughs> that good looking hair? You can have all the hair you want on me, buddy. <laughs> I got parts you probably don't want. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Listen, what about yesterday, Bill? We got some. We got four. This first time we've done this, where we've had four guests and uh, three in the studio and one on Zoom. Uh, and I thought what we were going to do, what we're going to do is we're going to talk to uh, two people that donated and two recipients. Uh, and I thought we'd start out with the recipients to let them introduce themselves. And what I'd like them to do is, you know, four or five minutes explain uh, what what their their issue was with their kidney, and uh, and what was their life without the donor at that point before they got the donation. Then I thought we'd follow up with let the donors talk about how they came to deciding to donate, and then uh, what that experience was like. And then I think we finish up with the uh, recipients talking about, okay, how, how did their life change uh, with uh, someone else's kidney? You know, kidney. I, I think that's a great idea, Bill. My only issue is that we have a black guy on the set and there's only room, there's only enough room in common ground for one good looking black man, Bill, just one good looking <laughs> black man. That's my only issue. But other than that, I'll, I'll acquiesce. Yeah, that's that's no. <laughs> we'll make sure that's noted in the uh, fine print. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Well, okay. Well, let's go ahead and start. Cindy, why don't you introduce yourself and Ed uh, after Cindy, and uh, why don't you tell us about you know your particular situation with your kidney, uh, and uh, and then what was your life like that? Well, I'm Cindy Mondello, and I live here in Greensboro. I'm originally from Louisiana, but I've been here almost as long as I was in Louisiana. And um, I, my daddy, my granddaddy and my daddy both had what's known as polycystic kidney disease. And basically that means that you, there's a genetic mutation that creates um, uh, cysts that grow on both kidneys. And eventually those cysts take over the kidneys and the kidneys stop functioning. I I knew my dad had it. Um, you know, from as long as I can remember, he was diagnosed after both my sister and I were born. And we knew that it was a chance that it was hereditary, um, but we just never did any testing or anything like that. Just, I don't know why, maybe it was like, you know, it's better not today. I think back then with health insurance, when they could drop you for different reasons, maybe that was one of the reasons we never tested. Mm -hmm. um, he got a transplant in 1995 and it lasted almost 20 years. Um, and in 2009, I was having some issues that I thought were more related to, you know, urology, but when they finally did, they couldn't figure out what was wrong, finally did a CT scan. And um, I think at that time I was, gosh, well, I can't do the math. I don't know how old I was. Um, you were young. Let's leave it at that. Okay. See, I'm 55 now. So <laughs> have a count back. Um, it was beyond the time where I thought, I had this um, notion that I thought, it mostly impacted men and that past like your thirties or so that you were pretty free and clear. I, I don't know where I got that information, but apparently it was false. Um, because in 2009, they did a CT scan trying to figure out what's going on with me. And my doctor saw that there were cysts all over my kidneys and that I had inherited um, PKD from my daddy. Um, and, you know, I was kind of numb for a while, kind of in shock denial. Um, immediately started with, um, you know, being under the care of a nephrologist and just kept living life. And probably by the end of 2016, um, my numbers, you know, my kidney function numbers were getting to a place where I knew that it was time to start evaluation for transplant. And one thing that was different for me is I, I had watched my dad go through dialysis. He did dialysis for about 10 months and his donor was actually a cadaver donor, um, a young man that had lost his life in a, a car accident in New Orleans. And so I watched daddy go through that. Um, and my, you know, my goal was I was never going to go through dialysis. And um, I wanted to do a preemptive living transplant. Um, I do have a sister um, who at the time I thought would be my donor, but for various reasons that I'm not going to go into because that's her private 
world, um, she wasn't able to to evaluate for that, to be a donor. Um, and so pretty much the beginning of 2017, I started the the search, just putting it out there that, hey, I'm going to need a kidney transplant. I want to do this before my kidneys fully fail. Um, and kind of, I made a Facebook page and friends, you know, started responding and um, before, you know, it's hard to say, like, I thought I was still feeling okay pre-transplant and I'm in, in some ways I was because I didn't have to go on dialysis, which was such a blessing. Mm -hmm. Um, but now I can see how much I was not feeling well. Mm -hmm. Um, now that I'm four years out, I, I got transplanted on December 4th of 2018. Mm -hmm. Um, and today, like I know how bad I was feeling then, but I don't think I really realized it as much. It was just like, oh my gosh, this is, I can't believe I'm fixing to have to do this. And it was, it was just, yeah, the whole time it was surreal. And then your, could you be, when you were, uh, your kidney was not working fully, uh, did you have to watch what you ate and, uh, and, and kind of medicines that you took and stuff? Yeah. I mean, prior to transplant, I really, um, I, I really wasn't on a specific diet. I mean, maybe I should have been like, um, gosh, I'm trying to remember. I wasn't on any medication. We were just continually watching what my, my GFR was, what my creatinine levels were. And once it hit 20, my doctor said, okay, now in North Carolina, each state has a different kind of threshold, but once your GFR, which is a I forget what it stands for, but it's a function of kidneys. Um, you can start the process of evaluation for, for transplant. So, um, yeah. Did that answer your question? Yes, it did. Yeah. It did. And I want to bring Ed in and see how his yeah. experience was as well. Ed, introduce well, yourself. My name is Edward Taylor. Um, I'm originally born in Jamaica, but I moved to Jamert, to Jersey in 74, uh, Greensboro, 2008, by way of a, a tobacco company, one up at Havana Fills in Greensboro. Uh, turned out um, I was relatively healthy most of my life, uh, athletic, basketball, little football, worked out most of my life. So I'm pretty athletic person. I ate quite well, you know, Jersey pasta, uh, you know, gabagool. <laughs> All that stuff. <laughs> the stuff you see on the Sopranos. That yeah, was us. Yeah. I'm Jersey. So yeah. yeah. Hey, because yeah. of this. Yeah. Anyway, um, going to the gym, you know, I used to leave work, go to the uh, uh Gold's gym up on the battleground here after work. Uh worked out chest Monday, arms Tuesday, legs Wednesday, the whole thing. It's the same routine, same guys, and you know, going back and forth to the shop, just living my life. I think I was like uh, 52, 53. But anyway, I'm in the gym, loving, living it up. Uh, Monday's chest day, boom, heavy weights. Here we go, baby. Same guy to the left of me. I'm going to do my warm up. I think it's like 245s on each side. Here we go. Nothing. I was like, uh oh, I got nothing. No yeah, juice. My warm up is usually, you know, yeah. one, two, three, easy peasy. Let's get to the heavy stuff. Nothing. The guy looks at me. He's like, you all right? I mean, he's there every Monday. So he knows. He's like, you all right? I was like, something's wrong. Something's wrong. I go to the doctor, tells me, my kidneys are failing. Um, the function's going down. We did the whole testing. And uh, he said, it's, it's, I see it coming in a couple months. You're going to have to go on dialysis. So get ready. Wow. And so. That quick. Yeah. It was it was pretty bad because I'm a go-getter. I go, go, go until I fall on my face. Yeah. And that's usually most of everything in my life. You know, I drink, 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 fall on my face. And that's probably one of the problems. I just just was living like a young guy drinking like crazy just going you know and then the good lord said sit your butt down so i had to <laughs> had to do what he said so um the doctor says okay you got to go to fresenius fresenius here locally uh fresenius south they actually have fresenius south i go and they set me up they give me a a, a graft on my arm because they stick you with these might as well call them needles. They're not even, I mean, nails. They're not even needles. They're so big. And so they stick you in the arm. So they take the blood out, recycle it, put it back in you. But, you you know, it's cold in there. And as soon as the blood comes out, you're cold. And the first time I did dialysis, wasn't ready. Didn't have my blanket. 
Didn't know what the heck I was doing. I was by myself. I'm down here by myself. So had no family really. So I'm in there freezing for about four and a half hours. First time. It was horrible. And so uh But Jamaican be- I, freezing is not a good thing. Well, the thing is they keep it cold so the germs are, you know, yeah, because there's a lot of people in there. Yeah. But when they take the blood out of you, your body temperature drops. Plus your kidney regulates your core temperature as well. So I was kind of chilly before I even went in there. And part of the things are like you're just cold for no reason. Wow. So that's part of the whole, you know, you're weak, you have no energy. So anyway, I'm in there, it's cold, I have no blanket, I'm suffering through this thing for four and a half hours. One of my superpowers is I, I could suffer. I'm ex-military, and I don't know what it is, but I could go into my mind and just bear what I got to bear. And it's one of those things I do. So I sat there for a half hour, just froze. Got a blanket the next time from Kim Siegel, who hooked mm-hmm. me up. And uh, we're starting to do that. One of the nurses says, okay, Ed, you're a young guy. You shouldn't even be here. And all these people are a little older than me. And she said, you should do peritoneal instead of the dialysis where they stick it. Because it's a... Uh, it's a uh, easier, better for your heart. You could do it at home. You know, you don't have to worry about other people's germs. This is before COVID, just before COVID. So it was like, and you know, I trust the Lord. So he put me in a position where when COVID hit, I was home with the peritoneal and they put the tube in you. And so you use a machine to do all that instead of getting stuck. Is a hose that goes into your peritoneum cavity. And all it is is a fuel, uh, fluid exchange. So it's like a, I think it's osmosis, they call it, mm-hmm. where it, the, the toxins come out and go into the fluid and it dumps out into the machine and there's a hose that runs to the toilet. So it's easy peasy. I hook up at night. It's just me and my house. It's How often quiet. do you have to do this? Every night. Every night? Every night. So Holy that was cow. the other mental, like I said, I could I could focus and do things for a long period of time because I just, I'm a mechanical animal a bit. Yeah. So I, every day, just keep doing it. Some days I didn't want to do it, but- it's you got to stay alive. So what do you do? You keep doing it, and uh, yeah, for for a good uh, about year, year and a half, um, I'm doing dialysis every day like a champ, taking the meds I'm supposed to take, go to do what I got to do with the doctors, and the doctors are loving me because I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. Didn't miss a day at at the dialysis. Uh, whether I was, but you couldn't center. work, right? You... No, um, actually, I wasn't supposed to, but I I did. I went to the shop. And was doing, uh, um, during the middle of the day, you have to drain and refill the fluid again. And I did that at the shop. So I laid everything out and hung the bags. I did everything at the shop <laughs> and I did it there. And some people would see me like, what are you doing? It's like, this can't be, can't be right. You're doing something illegal in there. <laughs> I closed the door and then keep doing what I was doing. But then uh, when COVID hit, hit, I had to go home because yeah. it was really dangerous. But I got lucky, you know, started doing the peritoneal from the suggestion of that lady, which was just before COVID. As soon as COVID hit, I was home. I didn't mm-hmm. have to worry about germs being in center at these other places. Um, and I just did what I did. And I just said to myself, you know what? This is what you can control. Just do that. If it's meant for you to have a donor in whatever time it is, that's out of your control. So let the good Lord handle that. And that's what I kind of wow, did. Great I just focused on what I could take control. And that was the dialysis every night. So I was a champ with it. And sure enough, I'm doing, hooking up at night. I think in the morning, I was getting off the machine. And uh, Wake Forest calls me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, hello? It's like, one of my contacts, Wake Forest for the kidney thing. She's like, you have a donut? I'm like, what? I did a Scooby-Doo. I'm like, <laughs> and uh, I'm like, this is kind of fast. I'm not even... I'm not even on the list yet because you have to get on the list. You have right. to do a whole lot of things to get on lists. No, uh, you've probably do- been on a lot of lists in your lives, but that, <laughs> yeah, that one <laughs> I wanted to get on, I couldn't get on. So I had to do a whole dental workup, you know, a bunch of stuff. And I wasn't even on the list yet. I'm getting a call for a donut. I'm like, good Lord, bang. And, I, and I'm like, there he goes. And it's the weirdest thing because I wasn't fretting about a donor. Yeah. I said to myself, that's not my field. That's mm-hmm. a good Lord's field. Don't good worry you. about that. Good for you. And he came through like. Well, we're going to talk to we're going to talk to your donor and Cindy's donor now, and mm-hmm. uh, talk about how they kind of got involved in this. Uh, it's clearly a God thing. There's no doubt about no it. No doubt. Uh, Odell, do you have a question before we switch over to the donors? Yeah, just you know, it's interesting. I think uh, Ed stated and Cindy stated too that usually it's the National Donor Registry 
you have to get on that list. That's the big thing. Mm -hmm. I have a Cindy said, hey, lady for the list, I'm I'm with the Facebook. I put it on Facebook and, huh. you know, Ed is like, hey, it just came through. Question, though, did any of you think or came to the realization that if this doesn't happen, I'm going to die? Hmm. No. Um, it's what I didn't, I had none of that happened in my mind. It was like the good Lord was going to handle it. Yeah. I, I, I didn't have that. It didn't come to me. It's like, you know, he took me through so much. I'm like, he's going to come through again. He's always, I'm, I'm 54. And I've had so many instances where I should have been dead weight before now, you know? So I'm like, you know what? The good Lord had me. So what? Just do what I got to do. Let him do him. That's Thank it. You. Cindy? Yeah, I mean, I um I probably was kind of in that boat too. Um like I mean, my sister had said that like if if there wasn't a donor that she would, you know, she was gonna step up. But I don't even know like if that would have been possible based on some health things that right. she did not inherit the disease. Um I remember I, I initially started my evaluation at Duke and they were not they did not present in a way that made me think that they would look at individual patients, that they pretty much treated everybody the same across the board, which wasn't the type of medical care I wanted. And I remember saying, um, I was like, dialysis is just not an option. And they got all freaked out and made me go to the medical psychologist. And <laughs> he thought like I was, you know, crazy or something. And I said, you know, this is the deal. Like I've lived a great life. Like I, I've, that, you know, the, the Lord's redeemed a ton in my life. It sounds like Ed and I might've had some similar stories in our past. Um, you know, he redeemed me. He gave me this, this ministry of counseling, Christian counseling for women that I've done for all these years. And, you know, um, going home to be with the Lord is not the worst thing, <laughs> you know, but at the same time, like, I'm kind of like Ed, like I just, I just figured it was going to happen. Like, I just figured that there would be a donor, but I do not like, you know, my dad had to carry around back then it was the pager and he got called three times from the list before it was finally um, a match. And so, but yeah, that was a great question. Well, you know, it's interesting, Bill, before you introduced the donors, I asked my sister the same thing and she was like, well, I knew that if I didn't get the double lungs, eventually it wouldn't work, but she didn't, threat and i guess a lot of people you don't have time but it's true and i hope that one of the recipients will give us the numbers on the statistics on who's on the list because people do die on the list yeah. Bill, can you bring our um special guests in you might know them yeah i've uh i uh one is uh, both of them are in particular i'm very fond of uh one one uh, hangs around me a lot and uh and i kind of like that so uh but I'd like to introduce everyone to my wife, Dory, and my daughter, Lisa Kay. We call her EK. Uh, they were the donors. And so why don't we start out with D uh, Dory talking about how she got involved, and then we'll go over to EK next. Hi. Um, as Bill said, I'm Dory. Um, married to Bill. I um, Donation kidney donation. I mean, I kind of knew of it on a awareness basis, but never dreamed that it would be something I would actually end up doing. And I remember very clearly, um, I mean, I knew Cindy. We, She actually found a Facebook post from like 10 years ago where we were doing something together and um and her comment was little did we know what the future had mm -hmm. um but we so I knew Cindy and we were Facebook friends and I I remember sitting in my office at um my desk looking at Facebook one day and Cindy's post came up and I read it and I was sitting there reading about her need for a kidney or her process of finding a kidney. And it was one of those moments when you hear an audible, um, you know, it's not audible, but you almost feel like really? it's audible. Yeah. The Lord said, 
write the number down. And I, I mean, I literally remember kind of turning around in my chair like, who said that? Wait, <laughs> what? Yeah. So I wrote the number down and stuck the paper aside and really didn't think anything about it for a little bit. And then a week or so later, I was looking through papers on my desk and found it. And again, call the number. Looking around again, like what's going on? So I called and, and you know, to make a kind of long story short, I ended up going in like a week later for the initial testing. And it was just one of those things where I I was like, this has been so clear every step and happened so kind of quickly, like, oh yeah, come in and test next week. Oh yeah, you passed that test, now test for this, now do the rest of the testing. And then I got the call. I think it's been almost exactly well, let me interrupt something here. Yeah. Did you discuss any of this with your <laughs> husband? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the funny part. I had done, I had not said a word to Bill. That's not the first time that's I, happened. <laughs> until I got the call that I I could come in for the initial testing. And Bill and I just happened to be going for dinner that night to our favorite restaurant and we always sit at the bar and I turned to Bill probably over hors d'oeuvres and a cocktail and said, um, honey, I'm going to do something on Friday. I might should give you a heads up. And, and so I said, you know, I told him, kind of gave him Cindy's story. And I said, so I'm going to on Friday to just see if I'm a match for Cindy. And he turned around and just looked at me and said, Oh, you'll be a match. And hmm. I said, honey, I think it's a little more than you saying <laughs> you'll be a match. And he said, no, if God has been this clear so far, then you'll be a match. Hmm. And I was. <laughs> so it, then it, you know, started the process of all the testing and, and I have always been a healthy person. And so I, I wasn't, really surprised that they were like okay you're healthy enough to to donate and and then you know i think i freaked cindy out when i walked into her office and told her one day i'm your match um and and then it was that way it was like then game on yeah cindy what did you think when she walked in and told you I don't want that kidney. <laughs> I, I, I know where that kidney's been, right? <laughs> I mean, I, you know, it was a little, it was just, it was just shocking. You know, I mean, I was like, um, you know, well, I, okay. I don't know how many people listen to this podcast. I don't know how much I want to say. <laughs> um, I tell people like, I don't cry cause I take Zoloft. Um, so well, I, we're, so, we're in 42 countries in every state of the union. Oh, great, 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 great. <laughs> You're going worldwide, um, Cindy. <laughs> good. Okay. I just told the world. It's okay. <laughs> I'm not ashamed. Um, but yeah, so I mean it was it was a lot to process. It really was. Um okay, Dory, I'm gonna tell this story and because it's funny now. It wasn't funny then. You know, so Dory's just like wide open. Anybody that knows Dory, she's just like. Oh, she's just life times a thousand. So we're sitting there talking and she's telling me about all the testing she's gone through and this and that and the other. And um, how maybe like she had talked to one of the pastors at y'all's church who was also on my board of directors at the time and how they had talked about maybe they would like surprise me at our big fundraiser, which was our fashion show that was, you know, had just happened. So that happened in March. This was like beginning of April when she came by the office of 18, I think. Yeah, 18. And um, I was like, well, yeah, I'm glad you didn't do that. That would have been, <laughs> been a little much for you to announce it at the fundraiser. Um, but she said, she said, well, you're getting, what'd you say, my left kidney or something? Yeah, yeah you said, yeah. you said, you're getting my left kidney. It has, what did you say? It has a little cyst in it, but everything's fine. And like, that's all I needed to hear. I was like. Help me, Jesus. I mean, that's why my kids <laughs> shutting down. 
I'm like, okay, let's work on a filter, Dory. Like, I did not need to know that, that information. Well, apparently, I mean, talking to my nephrologist, it was like, that's very common. Like, once you're, you know, mid-30s, 40s, everybody's organs end up getting little, you know, it's almost like sunspots on your skin. You know, it's like not a big deal. Your car. Yeah. I, <laughs> your car, yeah. I mean, I heard that and I was like, Oh hell! <laughs> you know, like, you were like, nope, nope, nope. I'm getting, I'm, I'm, so I'm like, oh yay, thank you, whatever. You know, so she leaves. We sit there and talk for quite a while. And the first thing I did, like, I'm calling Colleen at Wake Forest. <laughs> what does this mean? I don't know what this means. <laughs> you know? How big is the cyst? <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I, I still don't know. I mean, I that's you know, I have a picture of my kidney. Of course, it still has that stuff that they wrapped around it to bring it from her operating room to my operating room. But I didn't see a cyst and. <laughs> working and all of my labs are wonderful and you know they convinced me but I just thought that was so funny I was like oh wow what am I supposed to do with this and great my surgeon kept saying this is a strong healthy kidney like this is this is a good good match for you it's going to give you a lot of years I was like okay wow that's great I mean it was brilliant I mean it was just another thing of like okay Lord I trust you you know I mean The good Lord will put people and things in your life when you need it. I'm telling you, this whole process, like you were saying, things just start to fall in place. Money yeah. I needed, I didn't have was, was coming to me. It was the craziest thing. Mm-hmm. Wake Forest is like the great. I think one of the reasons the good Lord moved me down here was just because I was going to go yeah. with Wake Forest. Wow. Because Jersey, New York, the hospital's okay, but the care I got at Wake Forest, you're not getting it in Jersey. Yeah. You're not getting it in New York. I'm yeah. telling you. And yeah. so I was saying, you know what? I think that's why the good Lord sent me down here. Because uh, I really didn't want to come. Matter of fact, when he asked me to move down here, I said, nope. Um, and I'm sitting there like, that's got to be one of the reasons because I wouldn't have got as good a care mm. anywhere else. Good, good share. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, we're going to switch over to EK in a minute and uh, Ed, but uh, one of the things when the operation was going on, I was in the waiting room mm-hmm. and we were getting, you know, text messages, you know, okay, they've opened them up. Okay. They've got the kidney and the doctor, we asked the doctor to take a picture. <laughs> and he forgot he forgot so he had to run over to your operating room yeah. take a picture of it and send it to us so mm-hmm. i yeah. keep telling dory that we ought to take the, your new kidney that you've got and put it on a christmas card or something yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh you have you have a picture of my kidney no okay uh, no. let's say i'd like to see no what they didn't take a picture of EK's kidney. yeah they did oh you do oh well, see the, these are things i don't know the people came, don't talk to me when the doctor <laughs> came in to my room at the, and later that day or the next day whatever i said did you get a picture of my kidney and he goes yeah he said i almost forgot i had to run in the other room and i said did you leave me open on the table and go take a he did 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 you want the picture (laughs) oh yeah okay then yeah i left you on the table (laughs) like okay good (laughs) that's good that's good well odell you got a, a question before we move over to ek no i just think it's amazing i just think it's amazing that's all I just think it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. EK's showing picture of hers. We'll have to put that on our that, website. That's actually mine. Yeah. yeah now it's, it's yours. Ed's yeah. Now. Ed's, Ed's, big Ed's. So, okay. EK, your story. How did you come about this? So, hi, I'm EK. Yeah. Get closer <laughs> to your microphone. I there am Bill and Dory's daughter, if you couldn't figure that out by now. <laughs> um, and I saw my mom go through the process Um, So I was aware of it through that. I had seen her go through it. um, And so I knew it was a thing. And (laughs) Ed was also on a Facebook. I don't know if you had a Facebook page, but you were also on Facebook. Mm -hmm. And um, I was actually, so side note, podcast studio is my old room. So I was in this room (laughs) and my mom came around the corner And I just happened to see a friend post that Ed needed a kidney. And I said, Hey, did you see this post? And she said, no. And I said, somebody that works at Havana Fails needs a kidney. She said, okay. And I said, if I was interested, what would I do? And she said, well, I can get you the information. I don't remember what timeframe that was, but I was very stubborn with God, even though it was very clear that that's what I was going to do. And I kind of put it on the back burner. I got a new job. I moved. And, um, I had the number that I needed to call. My mom had given it to me and 
similar to my mom. Um, I was walking Meyer. I can still, Meyer's my dog. I was walking my dog and um, I know exactly where I was. And I heard God say, call the number. And Hmm. I was like, why would I call the number? I just, I just got a new job. I just moved. Who's going to take care of me? Are they going to let me do this? And I had so many questions and which is very clear, call the number. And I said, okay. I don't even know that guy. (laughs) I've never even met this man. So um, ironically enough, following Ed's story, I started the process about two weeks before or after, I don't remember, he started the process. Um, And so we were going through at the same time. And um, I originally went in and when you go in to donate, you can choose if you want to do what's called altruistic, which means to anybody um, or to somebody specifically. So if you want to do somebody specifically, I think either way, but they take your blood and they see if you're a match for that individual. Um, and I did not say Ed's name for the first two times I went in, three times I went in. But the first time I went in, his name was the only thing going through my head while she's telling me I could all of the risks and pros and cons and everything. And I'm like, Ed Taylor, Ed Taylor, Ed Taylor. And I'm like, I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. I don't even know. I'm not going to say it. So I made sure I was a match, um, went through, um, came back and I said, Hey, you know, there is somebody at that time, there were two people. And I, in my head, I was like, I don't even know why I'm saying the other name. I already know who I'm going to be a match for. As they've all said, it's been such a God thing this whole time. Um, so sure enough, came back, I was a match for Ed. And then, um, I think I started two weeks before you, because then we had to wait for you to get approved. Um, and so, um, because they didn't share this, but because Ed was on dialysis and Cindy was not, Cindy kind of picked her day to donate Cindy, wouldn't you say that's right? And Ed. Yeah, we chose the day we chose our surgery day and we chose a surgery day too, but because he was on dialysis, it was a little more urgent. I would say not urgent, but it was the sooner the better. Look, beggars so. can't be choosers. I know. <laughs> I'll take whatever day they give me. So, um, I, and he, again, God thing, um, because I knew who he was, he didn't know who I was. I would kind of pay attention to what he was posting on Facebook, and he posted on my birthday that he had a match, which wow. is another God thing. Yeah. Tell me, I, I keep seeing it like, wow, good luck, just work it, <laughs> let them work. So where where was the first time that you and Ed met? At- we met the day after surgery. Um, in the hospital? Yeah, yes. in the hospital. I Those beds, Wake Forest is a great place. Let's everybody <laughs> hear that. Those beds, though. <laughs> those beds need some work <laughs> and so after night one i was like i'm not staying here again and so um they came up and i said hey is is ed up here and colleen said let me check and she was like actually he's right down the hall i think we had walked by you yeah. at least once that yeah, day. once i saw you walk yeah by. <laughs> and um and i was like really and she's like well let me go see if he wants to meet you I was like, okay so i um I went down there, hobbled down there. Why would I want to see the person who saved my life? No way. (laughs) And um, so we met the day after. So, Ed, what did you think when she walked in the room? Well, I, you know, uh, I'm thinking, wow, she's young. (laughs) I was like, well, how is her age? I think I'd give her an organ. No, no. Jersey, Jersey's a rough place. I don't know if you guys have been up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's a rough place. Nobody smiles. We're all standoffish. We're like, Get out of my face. You know, I'm like, and I'm thinking, she's so young and she gave me a gift like that. I'm like, it blew my mind, actually. And so that's what I was thinking. I was like, she's so young and so giving. I was like, that's that's just foreign to me from being from where I'm from. And I was thinking, the good Lord, he's just working on my behalf. And so uh, she came in with her mother. She was kind of, she was, I guess, like holding. You could tell she, was, she wasn't the greatest because... Kenny, Kenny just came out so she you know we talked a little bit and she met my mom's and my mom is a bible thumper to the nth degree and so she was like let's pray yes <laughs> so I'm like yes let's pray yeah and so I was just I was just taken aback by how how young she was and how um how would I have that courage to do the same thing if it was something that I had that somebody needed like that? That was so precious. I mean, kidneys don't go on trees. You know? <laughs> so 
I remember about this is Dory again. I remember about that meeting, Ed. You were there, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and EK and I were in her room getting ready to pack up to leave. And Colleen came up and she said, Well, let me go down and, and ask him if he wants to meet his donor. And I remember Colleen came back and she was kind of laughing. And we were like, Why are you laughing? And she said, Oh, I went down and, and I asked him, Do you want to meet your donor? And he goes, yeah, I'd love to meet him. And um, and she said, well, Colleen responded with, well, she's right down the hall. And I was like, she? <laughs> so I don't remember that. I was, I was, I was struggling. Yeah. But it was funny because yeah, Colleen was like, yeah. They never she told me, they, <laughs> they never told me, you know, anything before. So I, I don't know, my mind's, you know how your mind does, you yeah. know, getting information, you take all these crazy ideas and just run with them. So I'm thinking it's you know some dude. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's kind of, I think it's a a real god thing just in the donation world in the ability to donate and how we're created in that I am you know tall um probably good, carry a few look, more pounds than looking. I should yeah. and <laughs> that was my husband. Um and I and Cindy is you know <laughs> Petite. tiny and petite and and i donated to her and my daughter is about cindy's size <laughs> tiny and petite and she donated to ed who's you the know bruiser big, bruiser <laughs> you know and you know so kidneys are interchangeable by doesn't matter it yeah. doesn't yeah it's interesting that uh the doesn't matter the sex or the race no. or anything yeah. ethnicity it's if it's a working it, kidney, it works. If you notice, you know, just reading the Bible and things, mm -hmm. the good Lord likes to use the lesser of to make, to do great things. Yes. So you That's could say, well, it wasn't that guy. I mean, he was like two pounds soaking with, with a brick in his pocket, but he did these great things like David. Mm -hmm. So he shows you the God powers, you know, God's power. Yep. You know, yeah. so. That's how he kind of works. I've noticed that. He doesn't use, he wouldn't use somebody like me. <laughs> you know, he'd use somebody very small, very, you know, just a regular person. He's like, how did that person do that? Yeah. Power of God. That's how you. Well, you know, it's interesting. Uh, Dory, I don't know if you knew the Cindy, Dory and EK got tattooed with the name donor She's, on it. Yeah, she sent yeah. me a picture. I was like, wow. Uh, right. Braver so, than I am. <laughs> I did not get donor. So, so, I have my the surgery date. Okay, but we have same donor thing. Tattoos. Yeah, I'm not getting a tattoo. You're not <laughs> okay. Well, Ed, I asked Ed if he got one, and he goes, he pulls up his shirt, and he, I sure did, and he shows me the scar. It's a key. <laughs> said, That's your tattoo, Cindy. You have a keloid tattoo. Yeah, keloid tattoo. Yeah. Except my scar, you can barely see it. I mean, I don't know who was your surgeon, Ed. Maybe, um, can't think of it offhand. But uh, was it a woman? It was a man. Man, see, that's the thing. Mine was a woman, and whenever <laughs> I went for my first ultrasound, yeah, they were like the the techs were talking about how beautiful my scar was, and they were like, "Oh yeah." When I told them who my surgeon was, they're like, "Yep, that's a woman. She's gonna take more time." And <laughs> my surgeon was my surgeon that took my kidney out was the same surgeon that put my mom's kidney in Sydney. Wow. And the, okay. my surgeon was a man, Dr. Westcott. Was that your surgeon? I think yeah. that's what his name was. So yeah. then the surgeon that took the kidney out of me, but EK's kidney in it. We yep. just trained oh, surgeons. <laughs> Odell, so, you get some? Yeah, instead of musical chairs, musical surgeons. <laughs> musical but Dory, let me ask a question, though. Yeah. April is National Don Donate Life Month. Can you give us give the audience some statistics as it relates to donors and those who are waiting to receive kidneys, please? Sure. Um, in North America, there are um, about 104,000 people on a waiting list for an organ of some sort, um, lungs, heart, just organs. About 90,000 of those are waiting for a kidney hmm. um in north carolina there are um a little over four thousand people waiting for a kidney um and you know some for uh um, cadaver kidney some for you know 
I think many would love a, li a living donor, but um, there's not really enough kidneys to go around. So, uh, you know, the average wait is three to five years um, wow. right. to find a kidney. So um, it's, it's not easy um, for every living donor um, that donates. It moves people up the list greatly because uh, they're not having to wait for a cadaver that's a match. Well, Dory, EK yeah. said something. She said it's a way you can name your person or just donate to anyone. How does somebody want to find out, EK, about all these different ways to donate and want to be a donor? How would they go about doing that? So you can go on to um, donatelife.org, I believe, and find out um, if you want to be a direct match to somebody. Like I said, you go through a, the same process and they draw blood and test that way. You can also be a part of a train, as I guess chain, chain is what they call it. And so, for example, if the four of us wanted to, if Cindy and Ed still needed kidneys and my mom and I wanted to be donors, I could donate to somebody in Virginia who donated to somebody in California who donated to Ed who donated oh. to somebody. Like you can be a part of getting that individual a kidney. It just might not be your kidney. Uh, yeah, you can just do anybody. I know some people that that somebody that used to work for me who's now on my board of directors donated so that her brother-in-law, who was a very difficult um, recipient to match because he had been on dialysis for 16 years. And the longer you're on dialysis, the harder it is mm -hmm. um, because of just all the antibodies that build up and stuff. And she donated. I think her kidney went to Seattle mm -hmm. um, and that kidney. And I think it was just a... Um, I don't think it was a chain. I think it was just she donated to somebody and that person's donor was a match for her brother-in-law. So. And so they flew that kidney down to North Carolina for him to get that one. It's crazy. Yeah. But there's Bill, how did you Bill, how did you feel about your baby girl giving up her? How do you feel about that, Bill? You're a father. You know, it's your baby. Yeah, she is my baby. Um, and um, you know, I, I was proud of her. I was proud of her for doing it and stepping up. Um, you know, at her age, I certainly, like Ed mentioned, I wasn't thinking about donating a body part. Uh, I was thinking about, you know, where's my next beer or something, you know? <laughs> and, uh, but the, uh, you know, it's interesting, <clears throat> particularly with EK, uh, I would go to Havana Phil's where, where Ed worked and we all knew that he was having kidney issues. And I, I'd always say, how's Ed doing? And he goes, oh, he's doing good. And then one day they said, he found a match. I said, really, do we know who it is? And they go, no, no, we don't know. We'll find out. And so I had to be quiet. I was sworn to speak with secrecy by these two women here. And, uh, and I've learned I better do that when they tell me. And uh, so for, I don't know how long it was quite a while. Uh, we talk about it and I'd say, did anybody know who the donor is? No, no, no. So when it was finally announced, people were a little confused. Like, wait a minute, it, it's your daughter. You didn't know? <laughs> and I said, no, I knew, but I wasn't allowed to talk. And uh, and so it was, then we had a big party. Right. We had a big party. We we wanted to give EK a, a nice shot of whiskey, but when you have one kidney and just had an operation, it's probably not the best medicine. <laughs> so she took water. Uh, hey, Cindy, yeah. I want to go back to you. Uh, what's life, life now with your new kidney? Mm. Um. It's great now. Um, you know, it's, I, I want, it was not easy. Um, and part of that was just, they, um, you know, we were talking about the different size, sizes between like Ed and myself. Um, they pretty much give everybody the same amount of like immunosuppressants um, mm -hmm. right out of the gate, just because I understand like they don't want the body to reject the organ. And so they're really suppressing your immune system. Well, they kind of over suppressed me. Um, and I ended up with a virus in my blood that made me have to take um, a lot like some. Um, uh, sorry, I got distracted by something in my office. Um, 
yeah, I had to take a, I had to take these infusions. It was just hard. It was really, really hard. It was emotionally hard. Those first. What's that? The BK BK virus. I did. Did you get it too? Yeah. What happens is everybody has it. Right. If when your immune system is compromised, like what ours are from taking medicine, yeah, it flares up. So you have to take the IVs, and then it'll tamp back down again. Everybody has it. Just they can stave it off. We can't because we're taking a infection medicine. Well, yeah. Um. So that was really hard, and it one of the medications I was on made me lose like hair loss is a big thing that I wasn't expecting. And, you know, I think it's so different and this is definitely not a reason to not do preemptive. I mean, the very best thing you can do is preemptive transplant um, because you're, you're giving your body that what it needs before it has, you know, your own organs stop. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think there's probably a different emotional transition. Like, I don't know, Ed, how, how you felt after surgery, but like you didn't have to do, you didn't have to hook yourself up to um, a machine every night anymore. Yeah. Well, that's one of the big things that I had to overcome because it's every night you can't miss those. <laughs> and if the machine like cuts off in the middle of the night, that throws you off hour, two right. hours, three hours. So your, your day could be right. shut. So there was a lot of things, but you know, I said to myself, you, this is what you got to do good, yeah. bad, or indifferent, just get it done. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. that's what I was, I was uh, focused on. So being that the um, COVID hit, I was home most of the time. So right. I but post, but I was talking about post-transplant, like once, oh, you, post, oh, yeah. once yeah. you went through transplant, like your life was so yeah. different. My and, mother came up from Jamaica uh, uh-huh. like three months before. She didn't know when she knew kind of around about when the surgery was going to be. Yeah. So she came up like two, three months early. And so she did her mother thing. I let her, she was cooking, cleaning. <laughs> oh, I love relaxing. it. So I was just relaxing, healing, and she just took care of me like yeah. old school. So yeah. I, I was feeling great, just relaxing. And Bill, I don't know if I totally answered your question, but I'm doing great now. It was a hard first 10 months because of the virus, the medication. They, it delayed me getting on the infusion that I take now, which was a drug that I was very much interested in trying it's one of the newer immunosuppressants with less side effects Hmm. um and so once I was able to transition to that and yeah I just I started feeling great yeah and everything's good now yeah I ran a half marathon for my one-year anniversary Doreen I went down to Baton Rouge and I ran it. She did not. She came across the finish line with me like she had run it, but um, I'm not bitter. <laughs> <laughs> but I apologize I just, to my left kidney every time. I know. I know. Well, I, your I, left I kidney. You have to run again. Your left kidney ran another one at the end of January, just a couple of months ago. And it was the first yeah. time I'd ever run one, run one and not had to walk like I ran the whole time I didn't go fast but I jogged the whole time other than water yeah, yeah proud of you that's fantastic yeah it's yeah. fantastic so Ed are you doing half marathons no I'm doing <laughs> I'm just going to the gym and walking briskly <laughs> Brisk. hey everybody has their own style that's it uh, I can't do those. I used to run really really you know five five miles was like if I didn't get five miles in it wasn't a good run so I used to do five and then now it's like, eh, I'll just, I'm just happy to be healthy and back <laughs> at the gym. So I, yeah. I might start running again, maybe. Mm. Well, we're getting near the end here. And I thought uh, if uh, we'll go around, if anybody wants to say anything last uh, and we'll go, we'll, you want to start Ed? Yeah. Well, I just wanted to know if uh, uh, you are getting uh, the medicine from Wake Forest or who do you, who you get your medicine from? I got a great place that has great prices. <laughs> hey, you know, well, Mark Cuban started a website. I learned from a, oh, yeah. a, a girl who had a transplant in Maine. We were talking That's- and she had her transplant like a few months after mine. Gotcha. Uh, so she does goes to Cost Plus and it's like yeah. really, really cost effective. It's crazy yeah. cost effective. So yeah. I had you know, to take a look and just do a little research. Yeah. It's really, okay. really cost effective. Awesome. Cost plus. Good. Very good. EK? Nothing. Nothing crazy. Very spare. Okay. 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 Uh, Cindy? Oh, wow. I don't, um, I don't know that there's anything else. I mean, other than it's just 
Yeah. I mean, it's the greatest gift somebody can give. Um, people don't realize that they can live full and happy lives and healthy lives with one kidney. Um, they also, maybe they don't realize that when you donate a kidney. So if, if Dory ever had, um, any kind of health issues that were related specifically to the donation of her kidney, then Medicare would cover all of those costs. Like she wouldn't be left with that, that medical cost. Um, but yeah, I mean, people can live, you know, I'm surprised that they didn't, that they don't have her come back as much. Like I, she got released, I think a year or so ago and I still go annual. Well, I mean, I get my labs done every month but I go annually to the transplant center um, basically just to chit chat with the doctors because I'm doing so well. But but yeah, I mean, like she was talking about those numbers. Um, There's definitely, yeah, it's a huge need. And so I think people need to realize that they can, they can do it. They can donate and look at EK and Dory and, the lives they're le- leading, um, it hasn't inhibited them mm-hmm. at all. Because I think donors, rightly so, are a little scared. Like, I, honestly, if I if the she was, you know, on the other foot, I don't, I don't know that I would have signed up to give a part of my body. Like, I just, it's a hard thing. So what they've done is, um, yeah, I mean, it's we've said it a thousand times already. It's a God thing, but. And, uh, and with a little bit of education, it kind of dispels some of the fear so more, more people would come yeah. forward. Because, yeah, right. the fear is always there. But with education, the fear kind of gets uh, squashed a little bit. Yeah. You know, Bill, it's interesting that, uh, Cindy, we were in Israel. And Dory, hopefully she'll comment on this. We were in Israel. And Dory, well, I'll let Dory tell the story. I remember. Yep. Odell, you're going to make me tell the story that I'm going to cry in. Um, we good boy Odell good boy we were in Israel and we were in Magdala which is where Mary Magdalene was from and um, we got there we were traveling with a big group of people and we got there and everybody's trying to get headsets on and whatever and our one of our trip leaders says this is so-and-so she's from Greensboro she now lives in in um Jerusalem and you know I was like oh okay somebody's here from Greensboro so we're walking around and she comes up to me after the first spot where we stopped and says she just looks at me and says why do I know you Hmm. and I was like I don't know I don't know you and so I just kind of started listing you know Caldwell Academy Westover Church you know, just different things that I thought maybe ways that we knew each other. And then she just looked at me and she goes, no, you, you know, Cindy. And I said, Cindy, my kidney recipient. And she said, yes. She said, you are kidney, Cindy, kidney donor. And I said, yes. And she said, I was going to sign up to, to donate to Cindy but God told me no, that he had somebody else. Oh, wow. And for us to meet in Magdala, where, you know, Jesus did a lot of healings and a lot of things, was very emotional and obviously still is because now I'm tearing up. Darn it, Odell. Um, he was really powerful to me. And I mean, I had already donated, so I really didn't need any more confirmation, but just confirmation of God's work and God's provision. And, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. I would say at at the end of this is I would just encourage anybody out there, whether you know somebody that knows somebody directly that needs a kidney or not, that having, it, it sounds, I mean, it is major surgery, but people have major surgery all the time for a lot of different things and you're having major surgery to donate a kidney to somebody that's going to change their life and improve their life and it is such a gift and i am very humbled to um have been able to donate 
to Cindy and, and it's um, confirmation every day to watch her do the amazing things that she does um, now and can do them healthy and moving on. And that's a, that's a blessing to me. And it's, it's not hard. You can reach out to, to me or EK if you're listening and you want more information, you can reach out to us through the podcast website and we'll answer any questions. Very good. Thank you. Thank you. Couple, couple interesting facts. Uh, I think it was the third day after you got your kidney, Sydney, mm-hmm. and uh, Cindy, sorry, and Dory, uh, uh, they went for a mile walk. Uh, really? at, at Cindy's it was house. slow, but we walked a mile. I followed yeah. them in the car because I figured we may need some help here. They, they did good. They, I was like, holy cow, after major surgery, these women are out walking. Were your pace car? Your yeah, pace my car. pace car. Yeah. And then, and then EK, I think that she was only in the hospital one day, one night, right? right? And then she left and came home and, you know, she stayed home. She had, you know, it's normal pains that you get from major surgery, right. but. You know, it's it's amazing uh, how these things go, and and it, clearly before you don't donate, you will get a full body workover. I mean, they'll look at everything and make sure that you're, if you do give a kidney, you're not going to suffer, and that your kidney is mm-hmm. okay to donate. So it's it's and the other thing I found interesting, I asked, what do they do with the the kidneys that they currently have, and they leave them in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now they have three. Yeah. Yeah, the only time they take them out, and it's it's a much more involved surgery, is if they're enlarged, and that can happen with PKD, where you can have just humongous kidneys because the cysts make them so big. I'm very grateful that that's not the strand of the disease that I have. That wasn't a, a symptom of the disease I had, but yeah, so it's it's great like telling people I have three kidneys. You know, there's like two truths and a lie or whatever <laughs> people that don't know me of course you know i put it all over i put my kidney the picture of my kidney or dory's kidney on social media every december 4th so i don't know that there's anybody that doesn't know me that doesn't know i had a kidney transplant but the word transplant i think is a little misleading you're thinking you know transplanting from but it's actually from person to, at least the way i thought of it yeah transplants from person to person not you know they take one kidney put another kidney now they give you a third kidney yeah and the other thing is the operation was Tuesday. I was out there that Saturday. Mm-hmm. That was and the, the whole uh, pain management system is real. I have felt really nothing. I mean, slight yeah. pain, but I mean, in the 60s or 70s, you're in there for maybe a month, two months, and it's excruciating pain. Now you're out of there. Hose were all, they took the hose, all the hoses off me Monday. So mm-hmm. nowadays it's, it's an easier process. The doctors are very skilled and they'll, they'll, it's it's not as bad as it used to be. It's worse in your mind than actuality. Yeah, it's like very good. Odell, I'm going to give you last word, buddy. Yeah, and I'm going to give it to Dory because Dory was the catalyst for all this. And and Dory, before you close, can you let them know about the National Donate Life Month, April, but also those statistics again? That's very important, please. Yes, so... April is uh, National Donate Life Month. Uh, Every um, organization around every state has a Donate Life chapter. So if you're interested, contact your uh, local chapter. And there are many, many people, um, over 100,000 people on the waiting list for a kidney and you could change someone's life by being willing to donate. So that's a great way to end. You could change someone's life by willing to donate. And you know, I I tease Ed all the time that he now has a female body part in him, <laughs> and he gets irritable every twenty eight days. <laughs> We're throw pink parties Ed on December uh, or um, February first every year. <laughs> Oh, Cindy, you said door is wide open, no filter. Bill is wide open with no filter. Yeah. So, Ed, you are okay. And for this show, Ed, you are the good-looking black guy. You, des- you earn it, sir. Thank you. Thank you. 
Okay. And we're done. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Find Bill and Odell online at thecommonground.show. This podcast is a production of BG Ad Group. Darren Sutherland, executive producer. Jacob Sutherland, director. Producers Jason Gentarola and Matt Golden. And Jinrei Zhang, video producer. All rights reserved. This podcast is brought to you by Yes Weekly, the triad's largest circulated and best read weekly magazine. You can also find us online at yesweekly.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Yes Weekly, your trusted news leader for local arts, entertainment, music, food, and more for nearly 18 years. Whether you're a big, medium, or small business, managing and growing the bottom line is important. Focus CFO brings the experience and financial acumen of a Fortune 100 Chief Financial Officer to your company at a fraction of the cost. PNL help, internal reporting processes, or any business transitions or events, Focus CFO will help you and your team have a CFO in your company's back pocket. Focus CFO. Learn more at focuscfo.com.